This episode of Truce Table is brought to you by Truce Table. By Truce Table, Black women's musings on life, love, and liberations everywhere where books are sold. Online, in the stores, at your mama's pop bookstore. Go buy our book. Everywhere. Period. And Faith Life, the makers of Logos Bible software. Faith Life uses technology to equip the church to grow in the light of the Bible. Learn more about Logos Bible software at logos.com and follow Logos on Instagram and Facebook. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, see how you doing, girl? I'm doing great in my polka dots today. Yeah. <laughs> and how are you today? You don't play about your polka dots. I don't play good. about my polka dots. Those who know, they know. I'm good in my uh, striped number for the listen, summer. And listen, I'm going to tell you what. Listen, you they need, listen if, if the people are not watching this on Patreon, they are absolutely missing out. Because uh, although we are not vain women, they would experience... <laughs> The fact that E has beads in her hair right now, it is it is a vintage throwback. I mean, it is very like it's like, you know, Flojo. It is it's it's, it's giving what it needs to give. I mean, shake shake it up, shake it up. (laughs) Y'all can hear hear it clackling. Yo, my braid my braider came through. You know, braiding prices are going up. Listen, (laughs) yesterday's goodness. Is not today's price. I, I should have practiced my technique back in college. I should have been more invested. That, that could have been my side hustle right now. Listen, because I was like, y'all gonna get these beads into the fall. So get with it. <laughs> Until these beads roll off my head. Until the beads are on the ground. You're going to get them. That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited to be here at the table with you, my sister. Um yes. and- because our our season is still continuing, y'all. I know y'all yeah. thought it was going to be all about the book, and yes, we it is about the choose table yes, book. By the book, by the book, by the book. <laughs> but we we wanted to still incorporate some elements of a traditional choose table season. Although this one's a little bit, you know, um, this season's been a little bit unconventional, right? Because we launched a a whole book, but a whole book. We had to, of course, have. Another black girl magic interview. We have to do it. You know, that's our that's our monthly thing. Um, We had to. We had to do it. And so we like, you know what? This season we know it's limited. We can't have a whole bunch, but we thought it was really, really important. So we really hand selected. (laughs) Um, some sisters at the table that we really were like, okay, we gotta get them on the show for this season. We gotta get them on the show. So I am so um happy to introduce our black girl magic. Um, guest for the month is Samantha McCoy. Hey, Samantha, how are you, sis? Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you here at the table with us. And so um, let me tell y'all a little something about Samantha McCoy. Yes. And uh, I, I'm really excited for our conversation. So Samantha McCoy has provided communication support to corporations, nonprofits, and entrepreneurs for over 15 years as a public relations professional, she connects brilliant leaders with opportunities to reach new audiences and share their expertise with local and national media. She uses her industry knowledge and past experience in radio production to create holistic PR strategies that deliver continuous results. Samantha is an experienced public speaker who is passionate about equipping leaders to share
share their knowledge with boldness and confidence. She has a bachelor's in corporate communications from Elon University and a master's in management from the University of Maryland Global Campus. She loves God, quality time with friends, and great food. When she's not working, you're most likely to find her on the beach. I know that's right. Welcome to the table, Samantha. (laughs) Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. I know um, Akimni and Dr. Christina, you all have some amazing expert guests on the show. So I definitely consider it an honor to be with you all at the table today. Yes. And you know what? We're honored to have you. We love when um, when our worlds collide and that a guest mm-hmm. sister comes to the table who actually sits at the table with us, you know, and actually listens to the show prior to coming <laughs> on. So that's really, really cool. And so really cool. we're we're honored to have you as our Black Girl Magic, one of our Black Girl Magic guests um, for this season. You know, Samantha, can you, in your bio, I love that in your bio, you talk about how you love God. <laughs> um, I love that you you are unashamed about that. Can you talk to us about your own um, journey to in your relationship with God and, and what that looks like for you as a PR strategist? Sure, sure. So I, I guess I'm what many people would call a church girl. So I grew up uh, very rooted and grounded in knowing who God is. And so my parents, they were saved before I was born. So by the time I came into the world, they were very intentional about raising me with a very strong sense of God's presence and God's power. So I learned Mm. from them. I learned from watching them, watching their life and then also through my my church experience. And so I grew up in church. Um, shout out to Longreach Church of God. That, that church name does not exist anymore. But when I was growing up, um, that was the name of the church. And yeah. I was actually really strong on my heart today because I'm the bishop of that church recently went to be with the Lord. Um, so we're actually going to be celebrating his life this weekend, um, Bishop Robert S. Davis Sr. And so um, he and his wife, um, First Lady Doris Davis, were I'm just pivotal in forming my both my parents and my faith journey. And so um, they were very uh, intentional about grounding us in the truth of, of God's word. And so it's interesting because I can't really pinpoint exactly when I had, I guess, kind of that first salvation prayer to, to accept Christ. But it's interesting. My memory's a little fuzzy, but I remember being about five years old or so. And I think that I heard a Sunday school lesson about who Jesus was and, and that you're able to accept him into your life as your Lord and Savior. And I think if my memory serves me correctly, that it was a, a message that I heard. And then I went home and asked my mom about it. And then we prayed together. So that's the story I remember. However, it's interesting wow. that I remember a Sunday school experience because my parents did not really see the uh, the value of the Kool-Aid and animal cracker version of the Bible. So <laughs> most of the time I was in church with them. So it was either, you know, sometimes I would be in Sunday school, but most of the time I would be in the sermon with the adults. So <laughs> I was taking yeah. notes at four, five, six years old. They actually used to make me do a uh, keep tally marks of how many times the pastor would say Jesus or God or some other word that was most yeah. likely to be repeated. <laughs> that, was how, that was how they kept me awake. During the- 
That is so funny. I love that. So yeah, so so it could have been one of the the treat Sundays when I was went in in Sunday school and and heard that message. But and my mom couldn't remember the story either. So that's that's the story I'm going to go with. Wow, I love that. I love that your parents were like, for the most part, had you sitting in the pews. Yes, <laughs> right there with them. So Sunday school was every now and then for yep. you. You know, the kids' church, right? Uh, is what we some you know some uh, traditions call it. Um, and so they had you there and I love that they had you count how many times keep yes in order to keep you engaged right in in order to keep you listening that is so wise I think that's cool so I'm gonna need to take that uh tip and trick so anyway so thank you so much for sharing that Samantha it was it was so good to hear you talk about your faith journey I think uh Certainly as a parent, like that's like, that's like the Christian parents (laughs) dream is the story that you just told of like, I watched their lives and they were not hypocrites and they, you know, and, 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 and Bishop Davis and the kind of the honor and talking about him and, and first lady Davis as well. And obviously I know that you don't have, um, you know, a fairy tale view of the church, but just that testimony alone is something, uh, to be so grateful for. And as you think about what it means to have this, this church experience and to uh, be preparing to celebrate the life of your late pastor, Bishop Davis, um, how, do, how do you think that ministry uniquely shaped you? How, do, how will you be remembering that legacy now? Mm, that is, that's such a great question. It's interesting because growing up, I really did not appreciate fully that experience because I remember in church, we would have different uh, ministers or, or even people who might sing or lead worship. And they would have some point in the service where they would share their testimony. And it usually involved mm. Some, you know, like night to day experience. Like I used to do this, 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 and this. And then Jesus came and scooped me down and saved me. And now I do this, right? <laughs> and so as a, as a girl, as a young girl, I was listening to those stories and I'm like, wow, their life sounds so exciting. Like what story would traumatic. I have? Their life sounds so traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always like, what story would I have? But, but no, like the, that, that church experience, I, I will be eternally grateful to the Davis uh, family just yeah. for, for what they, what they instilled. And I mean, now as an adult and seeing the behind the scenes, even of ministry, I understand um, from a much deeper perspective, just the sacrifice that it takes to not only be in ministry, but lead a family and minister at the same time. They have a huge family. (laughs) Uh, And so and their their family has just continued to be involved in ministry um, in all all over the country. And so um, just to be able to have that that experience in my formative years is something that I will hold on to. I think it's so valuable to be exposed to to church and to just to ch- the church setting and service at a young age because the the Bible verses that I know today right. I learned when I was there the That's song right. lyrics like we had our church was I guess kind of considered a bit progressive because we sang hymns but we jazzed it 
up, right? <laughs> so so yep. we, you know, we we sang hymns <laughs> and we sang things that were considered, you know, a little progressive uh, back then, but there's still songs that I hold on to now. And so um, that was also another um, blessing of, of church was just my introduction to, to gospel music. Like I've always had a musical, a musical family, both my parents sang in the choir. Uh, my mom was a, a director mm. of the children's ministry and children's mm. choir for mm-hmm. several years. And we had, I mean, we had productions, okay. They weren't just like little plays. <laughs> they were full scale productions, light yes. camera action, right? <laughs> <laughs> we had we didn't ha- just have a worship leader. We had an artistic director. Okay, okay. we had okay. our musicians were Juilliard trained, you know, oh, Morgan State University trained, which is oh, yes. you know best gospel choirs still today in the in the country and even wow. all over the world. And so I just had such a rich um, introduction into black excellence and also uh, the, yeah. the arts and music. Mm-hmm. And so those things, those were all part from church. And so for yeah. me, it was, I had a unique experience in that mm-hmm. a lot of my social life, my music life, everything was shaped by church. So I definitely um, just owe so much gratitude um, to that ministry for, for shaping so much of my, of my formative years. That's yeah, a, what an wow. amazing, amazing testimony about the importance, you know, of the church and mm-hmm. even the um, the not only just um, blood relations, but the fictive, you know, of community and relationships that we form yeah. uh, there and spiritual yeah. um, um, uh, relationships that we form there at church. You know, I love that the, the church's name. Or uh, was I think his name? Even though maybe the church has probably changed now, or maybe merged and things like that. But Long Reach <laughs> Church of God, <laughs> true, that Long Reach is really um, evident in your own life. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm curious about how it is um, that you came to study communications and mm. how you began to see the importance of that, of communicating effectively to get yes. your message um, out there um, so that you can get the widest possible reach, right? For the important things that you, um, and voices, you know, and causes that you support as a PR strategist. How did Samantha um, come to um, have a passion or a desire to learn about communications and why is it important? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. So I guess I would say my my passion for communications, I really have to contribute that to my parents. Um, and my my parents, especially my mom, um, is an educator and educator by by training and also by passion. And so um, she was very intentional about making sure that um, the, my siblings and I were exposed to all types of um, just academics and, and museums and arts and crafts, like pretty much everything. We had a very rich um, education growing up. In addition to our traditional schooling, I mean, we actually had a couple of years where we were homeschooled off and on. So we had a very full um, exposure to to academics and, and, and culture. And so I was always uh, grew up with a love for writing and reading. That was something that I developed 
early on. So I remember trips to the library with, you know, my siblings and I, we would go, we would pick books and, you know, do this whole summer book club thing and see how many books you could read at a time and get pizza for, you know, certain types of the amount of books that you could read, all those types of things. Yes, probably yes, yes, yes. Anymore now. <laughs> but I remember, you know, as just as a, as a young girl being captivated by stories and being captivated by creativity. And um, this is something, again, that goes back to church again, uh, because of all of the productions and everything that we were involved with. We also had people who were trained in drama and acting. And so there were people that I had exposure to who would actually show me, you know, how to write plays or how to write plots and, and different things like that. And so I was surrounded by that growing up. And so that's just something that was instilled with me, it's instilled in me very young. And then um, as I grew older, I continued to express myself um, communi- in communications um, through reading and writing, um, through music yeah. as well, but definitely through, um, through reading and writing. And um, it really wasn't until after I graduated from college that I really understood what public relations was as a profession. And so I fell into public relations uh, <laughs> after college because I was looking for a, a position that would allow me to uh, express my communications gifts in a creative way. So my first job out of college wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So I wanted to do something a little more creative. And so a family friend, uh, right, also from church, like I've pretty much everything ties back to church, right? In some way. But a family friend who was also from there recommended uh, that I check out a position at um, the Reginald F. Lewis Museum in, in Baltimore. And so that was ha- my first communications and public relations job. So I had a trial by fire experience, uh, pretty yeah. intense, but, uh, but I definitely, the value of that was that I learned that you were able to pretty much uh, shape what could what could be on the news for either that day or that week by sharing news of particular stories and community events and things that were happening with journalists in your area. And so I did not know before getting that job that that happened. So, so I was literally learning on the job. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Okay. But um, <laughs> once I once I got the hang and the rhythm of that, it was something that really stayed with me. And I said, you know what, if I did this at work, I can do this for myself. And I, it wasn't long after that experience that I, I launched my business and had really been um, telling the stories of others uh, ever since then. Wow. Wow. And you do it excellently. <laughs> we know this personally, uh, but let, why don't we take a quick commercial break? Uh, to pay some bills and then we're going to come right on back so that we can speak to you more about just uh, your own passion, your business uh, as the PR strategist extraordinaire that you are. So y'all don't go nowhere. We'll be right back at the table with Samantha McCoy. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation is a classic in the making, according to Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggett, author of Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration. New York Times bestselling author Dr. Jamar Tisby says that people often say, listen to Black women. Now at Truth's Table, you have your chance. 
We don't deserve the gift of this book, but once again, Black women have generously served us all. If we are to actually alleviate the immense burdens our sisters bear, then we must heed their words. T. Morgan Dixon, co-founder of Girl Trek, says this, There is a textured knowing in this book, a spiritual enlightenment, made brighter by the author's own personal breakthroughs. The way they describe the fabric of our collective trauma makes me trust their solutions. And Dr. Joy Hardin-Bradford, founder of Therapy for Black Girls, says that Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, shines a light on some of our most vulnerable places as Black women, leaving no stone unturned. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is a clarion call to consider our communal truths by opening ourselves up to a deeper inner truth. By Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, wherever books are sold. Adult friendships are hard because adults are really, really tired. God didn't create us to switch channels or hit mute when relationships get hard. In I'll See You Tomorrow, the new book from communication professor Dr. Heather Thompson Day and her husband, Pastor Seth Day, discover what the Bible has to say about how we need to keep showing up for one another, even when we feel like walking away. Blending personal stories with fascinating research, I'll See You Tomorrow, will help you extend grace to yourself and build relationship resilience. Try this before you quit. I'll See You Tomorrow is available at heatherthompsonday.com. Y'all know here at Truth Table, we believe in getting in the word, which is why we are so happy to share this great deal with you from Logos Bible Software. Logos Bible Software is a powerful Bible study and sermon prep platform that allows you to study scripture and consult commentaries, devotionals, Bible dictionaries, and so much more, all from your computer, tablet, or phone. But maybe you've never heard of Bible software before. That's okay. Ain't no shame in the game. With Logos Bible Software, you can easily search and store books, hundreds of thousands of them, in fact. Every Logos book, from commentaries to Bible studies, resources on Christian living, they are all contained within the Logos library. So when you search for a word or a theme or a verse, Logos pulls everything together for you, making research, learning, and studying the word much easier and faster. So at this point, you're probably thinking, but do I really need it though, sis? The short answer is yes, particularly if you're one that teaches or you're a Bible study teacher or you're preaching, this resource will really help you. Logos Bible Software is an invaluable tool for anyone at any spiritual level that wants to go deeper in their studies. And Truth Table listeners can get Logos Bible Software with a 35% off discount when you order at logos.com slash truthstable. That's right. Truthstable listeners will save 35% off of Logos Bible software when you order at logos.com slash truthstable. Let's get in the word, y'all. And we are back at the table with our Black girl magic guest, Samantha McCoy, talking to us about her Black church roots and her work. As a PR strategist, listen, you, we talked to her in the break. We're like, you can never talk about the black church too much on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, see, it's you, you up, my girl, my girl, my girl. Listen, listen, you know, as, as I was listening to you, Samantha, and I was thinking about 
the way that I think about public relations, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like in some, on some hand, I can give you like the textbook answer of what is public relations. But real talk, at this point, when I think about public relations, I'm thinking about like scandal. Like I'm thinking about like the, I'm thinking about like the spin doctors and or if I see something happen with a church or a leader or whatever, I'm always thinking like, who is their PR person? This is a disaster. What is happening? So that's the way I've been thinking about PR in the last <laughs> the last few years. But, but give us kind of the shorthand. What is public relations? And yeah, and, and, and how does it make a difference for a business or for a church or for a leader? Yes, I'm actually I'm so glad that you asked that. So you are not wrong. Um, public relations, a part of that is crisis management. So if there is something that happens, mm-hmm. a scandal or, you know, something that's happening or even uh, just a, a customer service issue or a customer relation issue or a congregational issue now on social media, those things are now coming out. Right. <laughs> so it, a public relations yes. uh, expert does get involved in all of those things. So basically the the way that I explain public relations is is about two things. One is brand awareness, audience awareness, and then two is reputation management. So anything that has to do with how your brand, how your company is being perceived by the people who patronize it or who could patronize it, that is where public relations comes in. And so the, the, I guess negative perception of public relations is that we are the spin doctors and it's just like, oh, well, you know, we're just the people who make the prepared fake statements that aren't really sincere and we just force, you know, the CEO to say X, Y, and Z, but it's not really what they think, right? So we're kind of, that's the negative way of, of that our profession has been um, interpreted. But really the true intent of it is to not... Um, fabricate or not sugarcoat, but really being genuine and saying, how can we communicate this message? How can we solve this issue? How can we tell this story in an honest way, in a truthful way, but also a way that maintains our integrity and maintains our reputation in the marketplace? So whether that's a business, whether that is, whether you're an entrepreneur of a large business or even a church um, agency or a nonprofit, whatever your, your, um, type of organization is, that is the value of working with a public relations um, agency or public relations specialist is they can help you to shape those stories, even if a crisis is happening in the best way possible. Mm, Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. You know, I'm, I'm thinking now, you know, in the age of social media, you know, and, you know, being, you know, entrepreneurial, right. And you're, so you're mm-hmm. just kind of bootstrapping it. <laughs> you're trying to like, well, trying to make ends meet, trying to pay this one, trying to chase down that invoice. We know this, this whole world, entrepreneurs know, uh, entrepreneurs understand this. Um, the struggle is real. Um, and I'm thinking about social media, right. And the ways that many people um, mm-hmm. that are either social entrepreneurs or, um, influencers or that really use social media as the, the primary engine and uh, to get their brand recognition, to expand their brand, to make that stamp, if you will, <laughs> out in the um, social media world. I'm thinking of the person that's like, well, I could just do this for free. You know, if I just create a real, you know, well, actually a real, (laughs) if I, if I I create a very bomb reel or a TikTok or a, you know, and just make it go viral, or if I take somebody's masterclass and learn their tricks and their tips, then I can just 
you know, get a viral post, you know, for whatever my product is, whatever my brand is. And what would you say uh, to that person about the importance? Well, first of all, what's the difference between um, uh, marketing, right? Just marketing and PR, because I saw you kind of explain some of this online. And I thought, I was like, this is, might be a really helpful distinction for our um, listeners, our sisters at the table to hear mm-hmm. this too. Um, but what are the distinctions between marketing, you know, and PR and, and even um, virality? <laughs> so if you are successful and you do do what it is that you wanted to do, right? And you did actually hit a viral reel or a TikTok, what do you do with that? How do you hone that? Because in like, where does the PR person or strategist uh, come in to play? Yes. Yes. No, I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're bringing this up. So first of all, I will break down um, the difference between marketing and public relations, and then I'll go into the other, the other parts of your question. So pretty much the difference between the two is marketing is you are looking where to position your message. So you're, you're looking to identify who your audience is and then where to position that message in the, in the most, uh, in the, the places that are the most beneficial and most advantageous for you to increase your sales. So a marketing strategy will say, who do we want to reach? And then where are they? So what vehicles do we need to use to get our message in front of them the most times so that we can lead to converting more sales for us? So that's the marketing side. Marketing is usually where there are dollars involved, whether it's dollars for paid um, advertising, whether it's dollars for social media spend and ads, that is all on the marketing side. The public relations side is more, like I said before, the awareness and the reputation. So it's saying, okay, now that our marketing people have decided who our audience is, they've determined who our audience is, and they've decided where we want our message to go. Now the publicist is saying, how are we, what are we saying to these people and how are we communicating to them? What's the tone? What's the feel? How are we incorporating our values and our, um, our, our stance, our position, the feel, you know, how are we sending those messages out to our, our customers, to our audience? How are we making sure that they keep a high and a favorable reputation of us in their everyday life, you know? So not just getting a message out, but it's what are we saying? Is this the best wording? Is this the best phrasing? Is this the best style to use? So it, it gives a little bit more of the, the psychological aspect behind the messaging and not just how many times we can show it to them, but what is the quality of the message? And is this the best message to capture and um, to have favor with this audience? So for example, a publicist might say, hey, you know, this event just happened in the world. We have this percentage of our target audience that is going to care about this message. So we can't just brush it away and act like it didn't happen because these people are going to care. And if we don't say anything, these percentage of our audience may talk about us negatively or they may just move to a completely different um, company or organization that is showing attention to this issue. So that's one thing that a, that a publicist uh, does. So when you were talking about virality and, you know, kind of bootstrapping and doing things on your own, you can do that, but you really have to think about where you want your brand and your business to go long-term. Um, 
So with every service and every piece of your business, yes, there are seasons for bootstrapping, doing it yourself, doing as much as you can. But there comes a point in your business maturity journey where you have to say, okay, if we are going to do this for the long haul, we need to increase our investment in certain areas so that we can really set ourselves up for long-term success. So a viral post is viral for a day, maybe a week, and then you go away and everybody else who is viral is taking the forefront. So that's not necessarily a strategy. It's great if it happens, uh, but it also could be a crisis if you go viral for the wrong reasons. So it's really you know, the not the best to just rely on being viral alone. So that's one thing. And then another thing about social media is, yes, viral social media posts are excellent, but it does not take the place of a third party organization uh, pretty much giving you a platform and validating what you are bringing, the product and the service that you're bringing. So a social media post is what's called owned media because it's something that you are producing yourself. So yes, you're going to say you're great. Yes, you're going to showcase, you know, your best tips, your best strategies, because you are the person owning and controlling that message. So you are going to produce the best content for your organization possible. But what the media does and what another um media outlet can do is they say, okay, we as this prestigious media outlet, we're giving this person a platform because we believe that they are valuable to our audience. And so what the media, you know, everybody doesn't get on the news, not even local news. They don't just, you know, get every single person that pitches them and say, oh, we're just going to put them on. There is a vetting process that anybody who is on even a local news station has to go through that really shows because the station is on the line for the people that they are, are presenting in front of their audience. So really the value of those media placements, whether it's television, digital, whether it's even a podcast, is that it is somebody else who is not you and who is not a consumer of your of your um, business or brand. Usually, if they if they are, they'll they'll disclaim that. But typically, it's somebody who's completely neutral, completely third party audience who has been impressed with what you do so much that they see that there is value that you can share with their audience. Mm. That's good. Super helpful. As, as I was listening to you, Samantha, I was thinking about just how important reputation is. Yes. Because that's, you know, and and again, to your point, it's one thing for a person to, that's right. to you know, toot their own horn. It's a completely different thing when another respected voice platform media source is saying this is this person has credibility on this topic, et cetera, or whatever it might be. And so anyway, that's just a good reminder about um, sometimes the only currency that we have is a good name you know, it's a good reputation yeah. and how to really make sure that we we protect that and we steward a good name well. Well, I want you to tell our audience about your business. And I know uh, amongst our listeners who are always thinking about uh, career change and, um, you know, wh- wh- what the Lord may be calling them into, I know they will be inspired by you and thinking about, huh, is this something that, I'm, that I might need to be uh, interested in as well? So tell us about your business and tell us about what your day-to-day looks like. 
Sure, sure. So I am the owner of Mission Key Communications, and we are a public relations agency that specializes in equipping entrepreneurs and leaders to increase their visibility. And we do this through public relations and also through personal branding strategies. So we pretty much work with individuals and organizations to take them to the next level in their visibility. So whether that is sharing your story with the media outlets, whether that is sharing your story on podcasts, whether that is even doing the own media, which will be on the social media side, so writing or uh, figuring out what your best social media strategy is, whatever those pieces are that you wanted to get your story out, we work with you to develop a strategy for doing that so that you don't have to just guess and try to figure out what works and what's the best combination of things that will give you the most success. We will actually sit down with you and map a strategy out for you to to be able to carry out through uh, through the throughout the year. And so we work with uh, people. We do, and one of the things that's really special about our our agency is that we work with individuals and businesses of, at all levels in business because we understand that there are you know in different in different stages of business there are different levels of investment that you're able to provide. So. If you are at the stage where you're saying, I would love to work with a publicist, but I just don't have that four figures a month retainer yet, but I want to be prepared for when I am, we do individual consultations that will just give you kind of a sneak peek into what you need. Or we can give you, you know, a strategy for three months or six months that you and your team can take and implement on your own. And then we have our full service option, which is when we are with you for a monthly retainer and we will actually strategize a plan to uh, work with you and develop a strategy, pitch media, do a full campaign for an event or um, a new initiative that you are that you're launching. So we work in all different all different forms. That is really, really helpful and good to know. And, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious about actually the ways that you maybe like if there's, is there a particular sweet spot that you have <laughs> not to try to box you in sister, but you know, is there a particular sweet spot you have, um, that you're like, Ooh, I love doing this type of, you know, PR strategy or no. this type of business. Yes. No, this, this is great. I'm actually glad you asked that okay, because uh, one of the things that, that we specialize in is working with black owned businesses and black owned, because we want to get out black owned, black voices and, right. and voices that are typically not heard as much into the news and into the media. We want to elevate their visibility. And right now there are so many black business owners who are doing well, yeah. but they're still not in specific places. There are still journalists who or news outlets that rely on experts who look a certain way or right. you know experts that they always call on at a certain time when they need, you know, especially for certain industries. So Absolutely. what our goal is overall and our vision is for journalists to never say, I couldn't find a black expert on this. I couldn't find an expert of color in this field. Like we never want to be able to say that. So we want to be one of the premier resources that journalists come to. We want them actually coming to us and saying, Samantha, who are you representing right now? What is your roster? We need to have these people on hand so that when we need experts, we're coming to you because we know that you can give us the most expert quality people. Well, you know, and as a follow-up, Samantha, I'm curious about, are there some 
clients or some campaigns that you, what's your discerning process, you know, for Mm. either taking on a a client or declining, maybe because you don't have alignment with either the cause or the issue, or you feel like there's some sort of ethical um, conflict um, for you. Does that come up for you? Um, (laughs) You know, like, what does that look like for you on the ethical internal side? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually just had a conversation yesterday, uh, where I, where I was wrestling with that a little bit because, and that, that is something that, and business owners have different views on this because there are some business owners who say there's me and then there is my business. And so there are decisions that my business will make that I may not necessarily make. Mm -hmm. However, for me, when it comes comes to um, to alignment, I don't necessarily always make that distinction because I want my business to mirror my personal values in some way. So there may be a little bit of, of leeway that I will have with my business, but overall, I still want to make sure that I am representing people who I believe have integrity and who are, you know, who have good intention. It's like, why do you want to get this message out? What is your goal? What is your uh, motivation, so to speak? And so even if it is someone who does have a little bit of different views from me, I want to make sure that that those core values are still there. So that's one thing that I factor in when it comes to my discerning process. And it's like, okay, even if this is something that maybe I wouldn't yeah. personally do, can I align with your values? Can I align with your intention? Right. Can I align with your overall um, goals and 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 mission? And if I can, you know, that's something that we can we can do. But if not, you know, I'll just have to say, you know what? I don't think we're the best fit for for that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, discernment is always in order. That's for yes. sure. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> that's a good reminder for all of us. So, you know, at Truth Table, we 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 work hard, but we also we also play hard. And so, I think I feel like you know, it's it's, it's Samantha. It's 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 time to play. Are you ready for oh, I, some, I hope I'm some, ready. some force fun? We'll get ready. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Akimi, how about how about one's got to go? Do you want to? start off with that one yes one's gotta go mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. All right. so we have your choices are shaka khan anita baker whitney houston and who's the fourth aretha aretha Woo! aretha franklin one has got to go, go. well and we, and we will be judging you so <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of easy for me oh, oh. Oh, okay. But no offense to the person that I'm going to remove. I have a feeling. Sorry, sorry feel, to this man. <laughs> I just feel the other ones are just, they're just irreplaceable. So I don't have the same connection to this one person as the other three. So I'm going to have to say Shaka. I know it. <laughs> okay, okay. Although they could have took a left at Kimini. It could have took a left. That's true. I, you know, honestly, I feel like these are always my favorite answers. I was literally chuckling the other day from a previous uh, Black Girl Magic guest who eliminated somebody that was like shocking, but it was the way she eliminated, the person just made me laugh. She was like, they've like her process gone. of elimination. She was like, they've already gone on to glory. They're already gone. Oh, wow. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Okay. But we still have their music. <laughs> That's hilarious. You made me laugh. So anyway. <laughs> what, you, right. what you got next? Next, next, next. Okay. So you have Shaka. That's kind of, you know, that that's not that's a common common response. So 
if you um, had a superpower, what mm-hmm. would it be? So we're kind of going into the sci-fi you know, mm. era of the world. If you had a superpower, what would it be, Samantha? And why? Oh, man. See, I'm, I might get in trouble for this one if I give you the <laughs> honest answer. But this is truth table, right? So we, we got to come. We got to come with it. Got to come correct. So let's see. So I actually think it would be super cool if I could be invisible. Okay, I love that. But the and reason why? the reason is not a good reason. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, oh, I think okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So the reason is because like I be nosy sometimes. <laughs> so there's a couple rooms that I wanted to be in that I couldn't be in physically. Yes. Yeah, so like, what they say. Yeah. So, you know, so then I just, I don't have to make conclude, draw conclusions. That's I right. No. That's right. I, I mean, I get that. You know, so it's like, I, I, I understand. Because like you, you was like, I got an ear hustle. What what, what they yeah. say? Well, what's really the story behind the story, right? Especially exactly. as a PR strategist, you're like, wait a minute now. Are you telling me the truth? Or do I need to? <laughs> right. That would help me all the way around. Help me help you. Right? You know, <laughs> all of it. That is so funny. Okay. Our other question is, if we were to hop in your car, what will be playing on the radio right now? Well, stereo, radio, on the phone, because I know (laughs) our phone, I don't know about you, my phone is my radio system now. What will be playing in your car? (laughs) Okay, so you all know I said I'm a church girl, so I have gospel music on all the time but um so my gospel actually this morning i woke up to uh i will trust in you by anthony brown so um, anthony brown will definitely be on my playlist i also love jj hairston another gospel artist that's right um they're both local too so i i have them on heavy heavy rotation um and if i'm not in a gospel mood you know those few percentage of a time (laughs) when i am not um, I actually really enjoyed listening to Robert Glasper. So he's like a jazz. I love Robert Glasper. Mix. So I love Robert Glasper. Fun. Like, come to the table, Robert. Come yes. to the table, brother. So, <laughs> oh, good job, Samantha. Great, great, great job on Force Fun. Force Fun. So this is your time, Samantha, to talk to our sisters at the table. Let them know um, how they can follow your work, uh, how they can put in an inquiry to use your services. Plug away, sister. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. So yes, the best way to find us is our website, missionkeycommunications.com. So that is mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, key, K-E-Y, communications with an S. Dot com. So there you can go. You can find out about our latest services. We just updated our site recently. So we have a free e-resource there that you can download. You can book a consultation. You can see our case studies, um, some amazing people that we have worked with who may or may not be on this interview right now. And, uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, we have all of our work there and um, you can learn more about us and what we have going on. All the links to all our socials are there. Um, and so we would love to, to meet you. 
Awesome, Samantha. And how, how can they follow you? How can they yes. follow you online, your business online? Yes. On social media, sorry. But you so know. I am most active on Instagram. I just changed my handle just so it's a little more clear. So my Instagram is now Samantha Publicist. So I just wanted to That's let good. people know what I do uh, right off the bat as soon as you find me on Instagram. So you can see me at Samantha Publicist. And I'm on LinkedIn as well, but you can get there um, through my name, Samantha McCoy. That's right. That's right. Well, Samantha, we are so grateful um, that you took the time to sit at the table with us. Thank you so much. You know, so we're grateful, absolutely grateful to have you here at the table. Uh, and of course, we want to thank our sisters for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about Black Girl Magic interview with Samantha McCoy using the hashtag Truths Table. Black woman, y'all, did you know that we have a Black woman's Facebook discipleship group? Well, you should, but if you don't, that's all right. Go to Facebook, like Truth Tables page, uh, answer the entry questions. It's probably best to do it on your laptop so you can agree to the group rules because we don't want nobody tussling in the group. Um, invite, invite your homegirls, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truth Table, or email us your thoughts about this episode at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truth table, or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truth table. Truth table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. Our video producer is Daryl Bradford. And we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.